On what station can you hear talk shows, country music, Gaelic music, oldies, funk, and more? Why, it's the University of Central Missouri's The Beat, the best in college radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Inside the Diamond. This is the third episode. I'm your host, Colin Somewhere, and on today's show, I'll first tell you about the latest news in the MLB. Then we'll talk about spring training and discuss first impressions of how each team looks. That's all coming up right here on UCM The Beat, guys. So, I'm very excited to get into this, so let's get started with a very interesting article. Joey Votto, apparently... Thinks the Reds are going to win the World Series. Now, here's the reason he gave, all right? He said this. When the MLB asked for the boldest NL Central predictions, which in the NL Central, it's the Brewers, the Cardinals, the Reds, the Pirates, and the Brewers, of course. He said extraterrestrials will arrive on Earth April 15th. I can't believe I'm about to say this, guys. The 12 and 2 Reds and the rest of the planet learn from, communicate with, and befriend our alien friends. <laughs> this process takes five months. Play resumes in October. I can't believe I'm about to say this. This is absolutely ridiculous. This man needs help. Seriously. All right. He said the Reds sweep the playoffs and are World Series champs. Side note. The aliens ask if I, Joey Votto, of course, would like to accompany them on their ship back to their planet. I oblige never to be seen again. <laughs> I don't know if he made this up or not, but this, it makes you wonder, really, to be honest. Now let's get into the more interesting news. Gavin Lux is likely out for the season with a torn right ACL and LCL. Man, that's very unfortunate because here is how here's how he entered it. He was running the bases when he suffered the injury, ducking for a split second to avoid a throw from Padres third baseman Jansen Witt. That's Witt Spelled W-I-T-T-E. Lux stumbled in the process and his right knee buckled awkwardly after a couple steps. As soon as Roberts, as soon as the manager Dave Roberts came out to check on the shortstop, it was clear that Lux was in a lot of pain and wasn't going to be able to walk off the field. So Roberts said after the game that Lux told him he felt a pop in the outer half of his knee, which... That's immediately cause for concern. And considering the fact that the Dodgers are very limited at the shortstop position this year, they're very thin right now. They were all in on letting the 25-year-old Gavin Lux, he's only 25, of course, handle the everyday duties at the position. Instead, uh, Miguel Rojas will handle the brunt of the at-bats at the position with Chris Taylor being the likely backup. Roas played 140 games at shortstop for the Marlins last season and is an elite defender at the position, but he doesn't have the same offensive ceiling as Gavin Lux does. 
Rojas said, I've been playing shortstop every day for the last four or five years of my career. I went into the offseason thinking I was going to prepare for 162 games, and here it is. There, here's an opportunity that I'm not going to take for granted. I love that confidence, Miguel Rojas. In other news, Joe Musgrove breaks, excuse me, he broke his big toe in the gym. He won't throw for two plus weeks. He fractured his left big toe on Monday, and here's what happened. So, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of a kettlebell, but it's pretty heavy. Musgrove sustained the injury in the team's weight room when he dropped a kettlebell on his foot while working out. Now, that has got to hurt for sure, because Musgrove's a very talented pitcher. And the new rules are in place, and i got to be honest, I like them. You know, they're very interesting. We've never seen this before. But there was one opportunity that the Atlanta Braves basically just choked away because they had the bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth inning with two outs, full count, and the game ends on an automatic strike call because the batter did not get into the batter's box in time. You see, you only have eight seconds to get into the batter's box. If you don't get that, automatic strike three, you're out, goodbye. Now, man... Now, there's uh, some pretty stiff competition going on between who's going to get the opening day start, Justin Verlander or Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer, of course, is from Missouri, which most of you probably did not know. But in my honest opinion, I think it's going to be Justin Verlander. Verlander's a very talented pitcher. Now, so is, now to be fair, so is Max Scherzer, but... Max Scherzer's getting up there in age. He's started the last few opening days. I think it's time to give somebody else a try at least. Let's recap spring training this week. And, oh, boy, there were there some upsets. Let's go through them. The Rangers lost to the Royals on a walk-off home run from Tucker Bradley in the bottom of the ninth inning. And the Royals ended up winning 6-5. to five. The Boston Red Sox beat the Northeastern State Huskies 5-3 to three in seven innings. Yes, it was only a seven-inning game because it's exhibition, of course. The Padres fell short of a comeback. 3-2, to two, Mariners win. The Royals on Saturday absolutely busted out the home run ball. Man, they hit three home runs in that game, one from Hunter Dozier, one from... Nick Lofton, and the other one from Tyler Torbert. Tolbert. excuse me. The Royals scored seven runs in the fourth inning, and that was pretty much the nail in the coffin right there. The Astros beat the Mets 4-2. to The Astros scored three runs in the bottom of the seventh inning to rally. The Nationals beat the Cardinals 3-2. to The Cardinals only got two runs in the third inning. And the Nationals tied it up in the top of the eighth and took the lead in the top of the ninth, courtesy of a Eric Mejia single. Eric Mejia used to be a Royal, for those of you who do not know. The Blue Jays beat the Pirates, no surprise there, 9-7. to seven. Now, the Pirates did score four runs in the third inning, but their pitching has really failed them, in all honesty. Pitching these days is so 
It's so important, it's not even funny. Vlad Jr. hit his first home run of the year. Excuse me, his first home run is spring trading, not the year. The season hasn't started yet. Driving in Santiago Espinal. Then Santiago Espinal added a homer of his own. Driving in Kevin Biggio along with that. And that was pretty much it for the starters. The Orioles beat the Twins 10-5. to Man, the Orioles, they look good coming out of spring training. I'm going to be honest. They're... Looking like a solid team. Kenta Maeda had the start for the Minnesota Twins. Man, he... He did all right, you know. The Rays lost to the Minnesota Twins. Yes, the Twins had a split squad. 8-4. to four. The Minnesota Twins scored six runs in the second inning... Courtesy of a Willie Castro triple, Brooks Lee single at the middle. Excuse me, the left field. Tyler White with a home run to left, and Kyle Farmer driving in Joey Gallo on a sack fly. That was pretty much the nail in the coffin for the game. Phillies lost to the Tigers 4-2. to And the Red Sox and the Braves tied on a... Once again, like I said, a pitch clock violation by the hitter, which was very interesting. The Yankees lost to the Philadelphia Phillies 7-4. They scored three runs in the fifth inning, one in the third. But unfortunately, they couldn't come back. They tried, though, but of course, like always, they failed. The Reds somehow beat the Guardians 4-3. to Matt McLean walked it off with a home run to left field. Roman Quinn also added a home run for the Guardians. The, the Athletics defeated the Arizona Diamondbacks 12-7. to Yes, you heard that right, 12-7. to I was shocked about that. I did not expect the Athletics to do much of anything, but eh, not, not too bad. They scored six runs in the fifth inning, guys. Jace Peterson doubled. That was pretty much the highlight for the starters right there. The Giants lost to the Cubs 10-8, and the Cubs scored seven runs in the in the fifth inning, capped off by a three-run homer by David Bodie. The Padres beat the White Sox 6-2. No surprise there. I didn't expect the White Sox to do much of anything this year, especially with how god-awful their pitching staff is right now. Lance Lynn was the starter in this game. He went three innings, gave up three hits, one run, one earned, and four strikeouts, which is not too bad, considering he this was his first start of the spring. The Rockies somehow beat the Arizona Diamondbacks Yes, the Diamondbacks had a split squad. Once again, split squad games. They don't really matter, in my opinion. They beat them 12-5. They scored three runs in the sixth inning, two in the first, two in the second, two in the seventh, two in the eighth, and two in the, excuse me, one in the ninth. I'm shocked by that. I did not expect the Rockies to do much of anything, but, hey, whatever you say, 
Nick, Ryan McMahon drove in Chris Bryant with a sharp double to center field. That was pretty much a highlight of the starters in this game. The Angels beat the Seattle Mariners 5-1. to one. Joe Adele added a two-run homer, as well as a two-run single by Taylor Jones. The Dodgers somehow lost to the Milwaukee Brewers 7-4. to four. The Brewers scored one in the first, two in the third, two in the fifth, and two in the sixth. The Mets beat the beat the Miami Marlins five to two. Pete Alonso added a home run in his first ever spring training game. Abraham Almonte also doubled in. Eduardo Escobar, that was the start that was the starters, really. Daniel Vogelback then singled to right field, driving in Francisco Lindor, getting Pete Alonso to second base. Abraham Almonte then Grounds it into right field for a base hit. Pete Alonso scores, and Francisco Alvarez goes to third. Now, that was the Saturday games. The Sunday games were a little bit more interesting. So, let's go through it. The Royals beat the Seattle Mariners 8-7. to The Royals scored five runs in the first inning, along with three home runs. All right? Excuse me, two home runs. Franmil Reyes hit an absolute bomb, all right? Now, I don't know if you guys know the dimensions of Surprise Stadium, but he hit the iron gate in left field. That is very far from home plate, guys. Darren Blanco also got a home run in the first inning, making it 5 nothing. but the... The Mariners would come back and tie things up and eventually take the lead. But Samad Taylor triples in John Rave and Angelo Castellano. And then Robbie Glendinning singles on a pop-up to the shortstop and Taylor scores, making it 8-6 to six Royals. The Mariners tried to come back, but unfortunately fell short. The Orioles beat the Tigers 10-6. to The Orioles scored nine runs in the fifth inning. The Tigers pitching is god-awful so far in the spring training. I know it's spring training. It doesn't really matter, but still, it's good to get practice in for the starters, for sure. The Nationals beat the Astros 3-2 to with Riley Adams homering as well as... Actually, that was the only home run in the entire game. The Nationals walked it off on a walk-off force out. Wilson Garcia grounded into a force out, and Brenner Cox came in to score. Lucius Fox went to third. The Red Sox beat the Rays 7-6. Ryan Fitzgerald walked it off with a single into left field. The Phillies beat the Twins 10-8. Ethan Wilson hit a grand slam in that game. The Twins scored six runs in the fifth inning. Two, excuse me. The Phillies scored six runs in the bottom of the sixth inning and then one run in the first, one run in the second, two runs in the fifth, one run in the eighth, 
for the Twins and one run in the ninth to try to come back, but unfortunately it fell short, and that was the final score. The New York Yankees had a split squad. The Yankees beat the Braves 7-0 with a grand slam by Jose Trevino in the first inning, which was pretty much the nail in the coffin at that point for the Atlanta Braves. The Yankees also beat the Blue Jays 9-5. The Nationals beat the Mets. Excuse me, the Mets beat the Nationals. What am I saying? Come on now. The Mets beat the Nationals 6-3. Cardinals over the Marlins 8-2. Dodgers over the Cubs 9-4. Reds lost to the San Francisco Giants 7-6. Rangers beat the Guardians 13-4. Corey Seager added a three-run homer. And the San Diego Padres pretty much dominated. I mean, absolutely dominated the game from the get-go. They beat the Arizona Diamondbacks 18-6. 18-6, guys. Do you know how hard that is in baseball? That's a football score at this point. It, the Diamondbacks should be embarrassed, honestly, with how they're playing right now. They allowed nine runs to the San Diego Padres in the second inning, five runs to them in the fourth, three runs to them in the sixth, and finally one run in the eighth to cap it off. The Angels beat the White Sox 7-0. I'm not surprised there. The A's beat the Brewers 11-4. I'm surprised there. I did not expect the A's to do much of anything. But hey, they look good for the most part. And finally, rounding it out, the Colorado Rockies beat the Milwaukee Brewers 12-6. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break here. Coming up, I'll be talking about power rankings. You're listening to Inside the Diamond on UCM The Beat. Did you know that it costs $0 to make someone smile? A simple act of kindness can go a long way. You may walk past tons of people a day, not even knowing their story. Someone could probably be having one of the worst days, but a simple compliment on their outfit or even helping them out with a small task can change a bad day to a good one. No matter what, always try to give your neighbor a reason to smile. Tobacco use affects youths all across the United States. Millions of youth are at risk for disease and even death to tobacco use. Talk to your kids about tobacco use and how it can affect their lungs. Help keep the future of this nation safe from tobacco-related illnesses. According to a study by IBM, 95% of all cybersecurity breaches result from human error. That adds up to about $3.13 million of loss in 2020 alone, and accounts for acts like downloading infected files or software and storing weak passwords in easy-to-find places. When everything is online, you can't afford to not be. Protect yourself and others online. Learn more and how at CISA.gov. Hey, Dr. Phil here. I help people solve difficult and trying personal problems every day on my TV show, but there's one problem that's just got me stumped, childhood hunger. Nearly 16 million children in America struggle with it. 
That's one in five kids who may not know where their next meal is coming from, despite the fact that there's more than enough healthy, nutritious food out there to feed them all. Now, I don't know about you, but that is unacceptable to me. Luckily, the Feeding America network of good people is out there collecting surplus food and giving hope to hungry children and their families at local food banks all across the country. But let's face it, they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Music is a bridge between the material and the spiritual. My name is Harvey Lauer, and I'm 82. As a blind person, you have to be aware that nobody can tell you what you can or can't do. You really have to try things. My folks got me a little radio in 1940, and that was the best Christmas present I ever got. When I was 11 years old is when I started to uh, play music, play the piano, and then the accordion, and then the cello. My wife, who was also blind, was a good cook. When she died, that's when I started Meals on Wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Blood drives are a significant event. 4.5 million people need a transfusion each year. One out of seven people entering a hospital need blood, and only 37% of the United States population is eligible to donate blood. It only takes about an hour to save a life. Even one pint of blood can save up to three people's lives. So, if you want to help, please visit redcrossblood.org to set up an appointment today. You are now turned into the dopest college radio station. UCM the beat. Keep it locked. U C M the beat. All right, guys. Welcome back to Inside the Diamond. Let's talk about the power rankings this week. At number one, I'm going to take the Houston Astros. Here's my reasoning. They made a huge upgrade at first base by signing Jose Abreu. They later re-signed Michael Brantley to help sure up their outfield. Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman continue to lead the Astros core. Now, guys, this is a team that led the AL in wins before ultimately winning the World Series this past season. Now, the biggest problem I think that's going to be for them is the loss of Justin Verlander. It doesn't help anything. However, they feature enough pitching depth to still find success. The Astros are, you heard it here first on Inside the Diamond, they are the team to beat this season. They are going to be a huge threat. I hate to say that because, you know, they cheated and all, but it's the truth. I'm just spitting facts. At number two, I'm going to take the New York Mets. Now, the loss of Jacob DeGrom was a major blow for the New York Mets, but they immediately responded to DeGrom's departure by 
signing reigning AL Cy Young winner Justin Verlander. They also followed that up by bringing in Kodai Senga and Jose Quintana. Oh, and they also have a guy named Max Scherzer leading the charge alongside Verlander. At the forefront of the pitching staff, the bullpen has promise as well. The Mets had previously agreed to terms with Carlos Correa on a deal, but the contract fell apart and ultimately Correa returned to the Minnesota Twins. Nevertheless, I think this is a talented Mets team that can make some noise this season for sure. It's not going to be easy to beat them. Of course, to be fair, it's not easy to beat any MLB team these days. Number three, I'm taking the New York Yankees. Now, you may be saying, why are you taking the New York Yankees? Here's the thing. The Yankees returned to their big spending ways this offseason, bringing back Aaron Judge and adding Carlos Rodon. New York now has one of the best pitching rotations in baseball, with Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, and Carlos Rodon leading the charge. Meanwhile, the offense looks sharp with Judge, Anthony Rizzo, and Giancarlo Stanton leading the way. But they would benefit from adding another batter, too. New York would benefit from signing a left fielder. But this team, which has been dominated by the Houston Astros in previous seasons, is finally prepared to square up with Houston. I think the Yankees could make a f- some noise this season, but they're probably going to fall short of the World Series, unfortunately. Number four, I'm taking the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, why are the Dodgers so low on this list? Because they should be at the top. I Here's the thing about the Dodgers. They also have a claim for the They also have a claim for the top spot on the list, fresh off a 111 win season. But the fact is that they did not sign any top-tier free agents and lost Trey Turner. Justin Turner, and Cody Bellinger this offseason. With that being said, they were able to bring in steady veterans such as J.D. Martinez and David Peralta. It will also be intriguing to see how the Alex Reyes and Noah Syndergaard deals pan out. The Dodgers, still being ranked number four despite losing the before-mentioned players, seeks to the depth of their roster. They're said to have Julio Urias and Clayton Kershaw lead their rotation. Bullpen is one of the best in baseball. This is the Dodgers scene that is probably going to make noise. And here's the thing, guys. They could upset the Mets in the National League. I'm taking that. Number five, I'm taking the San Diego Padres. I'm saying this because the Padres finally defeated the Dodgers in the postseason and have upgraded their roster during the offseason. Padres fans have Reason for excitement with a loaded offense that includes, but is certainly not limited to, Xander Bogarts, Manny Machado, and Juan Soto, along with Fernando Tatis Jr., who is currently in the middle of a suspension. Speaking of Manny Machado, I forgot to tell you guys this. He signed a contract extension, even though he has six years left on his contract. Now, why would you do that? He had six years and $180 million remaining on his on the contract he signed with the Padres prior to the 2019 season. But he also had an opt-out clause in that deal, which he could have exercised following the 2023 season. I don't know why they would sign him, because they now have him until he's at least 41 years old. Now, 41 years old for a player of the hot corner is 
a little bit too old, in my honest opinion. But hey, I'm not the manager. You know, I'm not the, the guy in charge. At number six, I'm going to take the Atlanta Braves. I say this because, well, the Braves are still a good team and will compete with the Mets and the Phillies in the NL East. They will have... They will have an impressive core of young players with Max Fried, Austin Riley, and Ronald Acuna Jr. at the helm. But the losses of Freddie Freeman and Dansby Swanson over the last two seasons are difficult to ignore. Additionally, one has to question how the how much the Sean Murphy three-team trade really enhances the roster. At number seven, I'm going to take the Philadelphia Phillies. I say this because here's the thing. The Phillies upset the Braves and the Mets in the playoffs a season ago. Upsetting the Mets and the Phillies, excuse me, upsetting the Mets and the Braves, I don't know why I'm saying, I don't know why I'm saying Phillies. I don't know how the Phillies upset the Phillies, but anyway, moving on. Although they are ranked behind both of them in our MLB, in my MLB power rankings, Philadelphia is going to make things interesting in the NL East this season. Trust me, this is going to be a very good team, I think. At number eight, we got the Seattle Mariners. Now, the Mariners are set to give the Astros trouble in the AL West. They acquired Teoscar Hernandez earlier in the offseason. Now, they also have a very talented center fielder in Julio Rodriguez, and that's really the superstar of their offense. Their lineup is fairly deep and will improve in 2023. And they dropped their postseason drought last year, and they're hoping to reach new heights this season. They have potential to move up on the MLB Power Rankings as the season rolls along. Number nine, I'm going to take the Cleveland Guardians. The Guardians were one of baseball's big, best surprises in 2022. Despite featuring their the youngest roster in the MLB, they went on to win the, NL, the AL Central, and they pushed the Yankees to the brink of elimination before falling in Game 5 of the ALDS. For those of you who do not know what that is, the ALDS is the American League Division Series. They beat the Rays in the wild card round, and the Rays, they looked pathetic in that series. But this is a Guardians team with loads of potential. They boosted their offense by signing Josh Bell and Mike Zanino this offseason. And any lineup with Jose Ramirez in it is going to be very, very dangerous. That guy's got so much time left on his contract. Number 10, we're going to take the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't know why they're this high, because they don't deserve to be. They lost Yadier Molina, Albert Pujols. Now, after all, they have two of the three 2022 MVP finalists in the form of Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado anchoring down the team. And Goldschmidt, of course, went on to win the award. St. Louis also brought in Wilson Contreras and MLB free agency. They do have question marks in both the pitching rotation and the outfield. They're unquestionably still the team to beat in the NL Central. But they would benefit from making another move or two prior to opening day. I think they need bullpen help. And like like the like I said, they also need outfield help. Number 11, Toronto Blue Jays. They're young talent. And 
They could be a sneaky World Series pick for 2023. I'm calling that right now. Number 12, I'm going to take the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers somehow find ways to win ballgames, but their lack of offense hurts them at times, and the Josh Hader trade did not go according to plan last year. As a result, they ended up missing the playoffs altogether. They still have the pitching to compete this year, and their lineup has potential. The Brewers are a difficult team to figure out, but they could be in line for a strong 2023 campaign. Number 13, Tampa Bay Rays. They have one of the best young pitchers in the MLB in Shane McClanahan. This kid throws 100 miles an hour with a filthy, I mean absolutely filthy changeup. Number 14, Texas Rangers. They're only this high because of their pitching rotation of Nathan Ivaldi, Andrew Heaney, Jacob deGrom. Now, last year they added Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon in the infield. They're on the rise. They're on the right track, and they will likely compete for a wild card spot in 2023, but they still have a long way to go. They're probably still another year away from being a serious contender in the MLB. Number 15, Chicago Cubs. The only reason they're on this list is because of Dansby Swanson and Cody Bellinger. The team still profiles as a fringe wildcard team. Their lineup isn't all that intimidating, and their rotation is decent, but not that great. Number 16, Chicago White Sox. They were one of the most popular World Series picks a season ago, but the wheels fell off as the pitching rotation imploded and the offense dealt with so many injuries. They lost Jose Abreu in free agency this offseason, which removed a pivotal leader in the clubhouse. Chicago still features an impressive core of players, including Luis Robert and Tim Anderson. Additionally, it wouldn't be surprising to see Lance Lynn and Lucas Giolito rebound to help Dylan Seas in the rotation. But trusting this White Sox squad is a risky, risky proposition, not Ricky, risky proposition. They will be an interesting team to follow in 2023, I think. Number 17, Minnesota Twins. They're only this high because of Carlos Correa, I think. The AL Central isn't all that competitive, to be honest. They could make a run at the division title, and there's an argument for the... You could make an argument that the White Sox be belong below the Minnesota Twins, but until I see more, I think this is a good spot for them. Number 18, I'm going to take the Los Angeles Angels. Mike Trout and Shohei Otani are going to lead this team. There's no doubt about that. But will they make the playoffs? Probably not. That's a long shot at this point. Number 19, we got the San Francisco Giants. The Giants tried to bring in Carlos Correa. However, they could not reach an agreement because of a medical issue that arose. And unfortunately, the deal fell apart, leading to Correa deciding to leave the team. The Giants still have talented players on their pieces on their roster, but the odds of this team matching up with the Dodgers and Padres are slim to none. Number 20, we got the Baltimore Orioles. I think they could shock the world and lock up a wild card spot. They could make a push for the playoffs, but I think it's going to all depend on the pitching, like I said earlier in the show. Number 21, we're going to have the Boston Red Sox. They signed Kenley Jansen and 
third baseman slash designated hitter, Justin Turner, this offseason. But they also failed to bring in other stars and ultimately watched Xander Bogarts leave and sign with the San Diego Padres in free agency. The Trevor Story injury only adds more uncertainty around the team. They were last in the AL East in 2022, guys. Last in the AL East. But Red Sox fan base is frustrated at the moment given their all-around lackluster offseason. Given the competitiveness of the division, the Red Sox might still have an outside shot at a playoff run. But don't get your hopes up, Red Sox fans. It's likely not going to happen. At number 22, we're going to have the Arizona Diamondbacks. They were rumored to get Xander Bogarts. But the shortstop unfortunately landed in San Diego. They quietly enjoyed a steady 2022 offseason. No, Arizona isn't ready to compete just yet. But this is a young team, and they're trending in the right direction. That might The Diamondbacks might just be a playoff team in 2024. All right, you guys. Number 23, we're going to have the Miami Marlins. Marlins at offense, they will be a playoff contender. Their young pitching staff is electric, but their inability to hit the baseball leaves room for concern. Number 24, Detroit Tigers. Javier Baez is a great bounce-back candidate. He did not have a very good season last year. The Tigers were picked by some people around the MLB world last year to compete with the AL, with the White Sox in the AL Central, but both teams fell well under expectations. Hey, but they finished, they ended up finishing near the bottom of the division. They played, they Excuse me, they featured a terrible offense that led to their woes. Number 25, Cincinnati Reds. The Reds were competitive in 2020, but they but they have since sold a number of players and are in the midst of a rebuild. I'm sorry, Reds fans. You're not going anywhere anytime soon. Number 26, we'll take the Royals. The wheels have fallen off for this organization since dominating the league in the mid-2010s. They're still rebuilding and will likely be sellers once again ahead of the July trade deadline. But one has to imagine he could that Brady Singer could be a trade candidate for this ball club. It will be interesting to see what the future holds for catcher Salvador Perez as well. Number 27, Pittsburgh Pirates. Man. I wouldn't really put him here if it wasn't for Brian Reynolds, who they acquired who requested a trade this offseason because he thought the team was horrible, I guess. They But they brought in players such as Carlos Santana, Vince Velasquez, and Austin Hedges. They also re-signed Andrew McCutcheon. They have a very young team. But I don't think they're playoff ready just yet. Number 28, Colorado Rockies. They're in the running for worst for the worst MLB team entering the season. But the potential for a Chris Bryant rebound places them above the next two teams on the list, which I'll get to in just a little bit. Their offense has potential without question with Bryant, Ryan McMahon, and C.J. Crone in the lineup. But as always, with the problem for the Rockies is pitching, and it lacks depth and stability, which puts them below which puts them above these two teams. At number 29, we're going to have the Washington Nationals. 
The only reason they're on this list is because they're still in a rebuild. And at number 30, with no surprise whatsoever, they're going to have the Oakland Athletics. Playoff team just a couple years ago, but they ultimately opted to enter a complete rebuild. They project, they're projected to be another forgettable season for the Athletics fans. I'm sorry, guys. You're not going anywhere. As much as I hate to say it, you're not going anywhere anytime soon. We're going to take another quick break coming up. I'll be talking about Royals news. Plus, I'll be talking about the best stadiums in the MLB. Keep it locked in right here. You're listening to Inside the Diamond on UCM The Beat. In 2020, men died by suicide 3.88 times more than women. That number is way too high. That's why the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is available to all men. Call 988 if you are struggling. You're not alone. There is help. One in nine people worldwide go to bed hungry each night. That's why UCM students and faculty are encouraged to visit the UCM Campus Cupboard. Campus Cupboard is a volunteer-based charity dedicated to alleviating hunger and financial burdens in the UCM community. Any UCM faculty, staff member, or student who presents a valid ID may select 10 items per week from Campus Covered. Campus Covered is located in the lower level of the UCM Student Rec and Wellness Center and is open Tuesday through Thursday from 3 to 5.30 p.m. UCM The Beat, the one and only radio station of the University of Central Missouri. Alright guys, welcome back to Inside the Diamond I'll be talking about Royals news. Now, Bobby Wood Jr. has taken a step in the right direction. He gave back to his alma mater. He gifted Colleyville High School with cleats jackets for the 2023 season. For those of you who don't know, Bobby Wood Jr. is from Texas. He went to Colleyville Heritage High School in Texas. In other news, Vinny Pasquantino added a home run in the first inning of the first game, actually, this spring training, and it was a pretty good shot, to be honest. I, I, I got to be honest, I'm very impressed with the Royals this so far in the spring training season. They are... Very good. I got to admit, I did not expect them to do much of anything. But if you looked at the Cactus League, they're currently in second place at 3-1. and one, Not too shabby of a record. Above them, Colorado Rockies, but they've only played three games. Because the Royals started a day earlier than they did. Speaking of spring training, let's talk about the teams that have surprised me so far this spring training. One team that surprises me so far is... Drum roll, please. The Baltimore Orioles. They have scored 22 runs. However, they've allowed 25, leading to a minus three run differential. One team that surprised me this season with how good their offense is, is the Tampa Bay Rays. They've scored 36 runs while only giving up 17, which is a plus 19 run differential. That's not too bad. The Royals have a plus one run differential. They've allowed 28 runs and they've, excuse me, they've scored 28 runs and they've allowed only 27. 
Now, for those of you who know me, I love visiting MLB ballparks. All right. I have been to Kauffman Stadium plenty of times, you know. I can't even describe to you the first time I went there because I was so young at the time. And to be honest, I wasn't a fan of baseball back then. According to my dad, who, shout out to you, Dad. I hope you're doing fantastic, first of all. Anyway, um, the first time I went to Kauffman Stadium, I don't really know what I thought because I wasn't a fan of baseball back then. But if I knew now, if I knew then what I know now, I'd say that Kauffman Stadium's out there with one of the best ballparks in the entire MLB. Speaking of MLB ballparks, let's rank the top. You know what? We'll do all 30 ballparks. We have time. Number one, I'm going to put I'm going to put Fenway Park at the top because here's the thing. Fenway Park is one of the oldest oldest stadiums in the entire MLB. And it has a lot of history there. It's one of the oldest out there, for sure. Moving on to number two, I'm going to put the... At number two, I think I'm going to put Wrigley Field because Wrigley Field is very... I have visited Wrigley Field... So many times, it's not even funny. Actually, no, I've only been there once. I did tour it, though. I have also toured Kauffman Stadium, which was a whole other experience that we don't have to get into. But at the bottom of the list, I'm going to put the Oakland Athletics Coliseum because it is one of the worst stadiums in the entire MLB it's not even close, guys. Okay? It's honestly... It's one of the worst. Actually, let's go backwards. Sorry, guys. Let's go backwards. Number 30, I'm going to put the Oakland A's Stadium. The Coliseum. It sucks. Okay? It absolutely sucks. Now, I'm not going to pile on the A's here. They know their stadium is atrocious. And they would... They should get a new ballpark one of these years. Maybe. Number 29, let's go with Tropicana Field. I don't like playing. I don't like seeing players play at the Trop because the catwalks interfere with play so many times it's not even funny. Number 28, we're going to have guaranteed rate field for the Chicago White Sox. The stadium doesn't have a very good skyline view that other stadiums have. Number 27, Rogers Center. Not much has changed here, to be honest. World-class city like Toronto really should have a better stadium. Right now, there are some upgrades in the works, but that might not be enough to drastically improve the aging stadium. It's also getting up there in age. Number 26, Angel Stadium. And... I think the main reason I'm putting it here is because it doesn't have a good skyline view. It just has rocks in the middle. Plus, they took away the 
Pretty much, they took away the right field wall altogether. Number 25, Yankee Stadium. I hate Yankee Stadium. I don't know why I have to say this. Yankee Stadium, one of the worst. The reason is because it doesn't really generate a lot of offense because of that short porch in right field. Number 24, Milwaukee Brewers. Ballpark, Miller Park. It's seen better days for sure. Number 23, Chase Field, home of the Arizona Diamondbacks. I don't really like Chase Field, to be honest. It's one of the worst stadiums. It's It's got a dome. I personally don't like dome stadiums. That's just my personal opinion. It was the state of the art facility when it was built back in 1998, but it's aged poorly. Something the Diamondbacks' ownership was first would be the first to admit it's too big not conductive to major upgrades and feels like an airplane hangar when the roof is closed which is for most of the season during these scorching phoenix summers number 22 marlins park yeah i'm gonna put marlins park up there the fish tank out in Left field is just useless. Number 21, Comerica Park. I hate Comerica mostly because it's 420 to dead center and it's very hard to get it out of the ballpark because of how far away the because of how far away the wall is. All right. Number 20, Great American Ballpark. The Cincinnati Reds ballpark is Okay place to watch baseball. There are worse stadiums, but there are definitely better parks for sure. Number 19, we're going to go with Progressive Field. The only gripe I have about this stadium is the wall in left field is way too high. Number 18, Globe Life Field. Yeah. The Rangers spent $1.2 billion, and it's been pretty much a dud when the roof is closed it gets weirdly dark new stadiums are usually nice but globe life field seems like a newer chase field it could have been better number 17 minute made park now the astros did get rid of the hill out there in center field which finally made this place seem like a baseball stadium instead of instead of an obstacle course it's about time, too. Number 16, I'm going to go with Kauffman Stadium. Their new stadium is very, very good, I got to admit. Number 15, we're going to take Nationals Park. I'm only going to do the top 15, guys. Nationals Park is at the bottom of the top 15 because... A game at Nationals Park feels like a game at Citizens Bank Park, but without the cheesesteaks. Philadelphia sports fans and Bryce Harper. All right. All right, guys, we're going to take one more teeny tiny break coming up. I'll be talking about this week in spring training and who I think will win. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Inside the Diamond right here on UCM The Beat. Did you know that millions of animals are either abused or abandoned every year in the United States? Donate to your local animal shelter today. And if you have room in your home, why not adopt a furry little friend to add to your family? 
Be a part of the change. Be a part of saving a helpless animal's life. Hey everybody, Rachel Ray here. Nothing puts a bigger smile on my face than cooking up a big meal for family and friends. But there's not enough room at my table for the 17 million kids in America who are struggling with hunger. These children, that's one out of every five, often have to skip meals because there's just nothing to eat in the kitchen. Yet there's more than enough healthy, nutritious food produced right here in America to feed every last hungry child. If only there was a way to get it to them. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks collects surplus food to give hope to hungry kids and their families all across our country. But they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America at your local food bank and at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey America, we need to have a little talk. I don't know if you've noticed, but we got a lot of food in this country. A lot of peaches, a lot of corn, a lot of apples, a lot of everything. We've got so much food that we can't even eat it all. So if we got all this extra food, how are 17 million kids in America struggling with hunger? I just don't get it. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to the hungry kids who need it. They can get you food even if you live in Idaho or Alaska or somewhere crazy like that. This isn't complicated. We got extra food and we got hungry kids. Feeding America's done the math. Now it's your turn. Support Feeding America in your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. I know you got internet on your phone, so what are you waiting for? We can't do it without your help. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. All right, everybody in the car, let's go. What are we going to do first when we get there, Mom? Go for a hike? Sure. What about canoeing? Can we go canoeing, too? I don't see why. How long does it take to get to the forest? It's not that far, sweetie. <sighs> are we there yet? Yep, we're here. Already? It's a short drive from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. time in the making but it's finally here you see him the beat guys welcome back to inside the diamond let's talk about the spring training games this week first up we got a couple games going on right now the guardians are currently beating the royals two to one but the guardians have but the Royals had the bases loaded with one out, and Vinny Pasquantino up at the plate. The I'm going to take the Royals in this one because their offense is just much better than the Guardians. That's just the cold, hard truth. Twins are currently beating the Braves 10-7. to I'm going to take the Minnesota Twins here. 8-3 to Astros have the lead over the Mets in the bottom of the eighth inning. I'm going to take the Astros again as well. The Los Angeles Dodgers are currently losing one to nothing to the Cincinnati Reds, but I think the Dodgers are going to come back and win this one. I'm taking the Dodgers. Angels and Athletics are scoreless through three innings. I'm taking the Los Angeles Angels. They have a better roster. 
San Diego Padres and San Francisco Giants. The Padres are currently winning 4-1 to after three innings. I'm going to take the... I'll take the Padres in this one. The Colorado Rockies are losing to the Texas Rangers 4-1. to No surprise there. I'm going to take the Rangers. The Mariners are beating the Cleveland Guardians. The Cleveland Guardians have a split squad right now. 8-1. to At the end of two innings, I'm going to take the Seattle Mariners. There's no way Cleveland can come back from this one. I'm going to be honest. White Sox are tied with the Diamondbacks right now. One to one. I'm going to take the White Sox here. Diamondbacks are just horrible. Their pitching is not good. When you don't have good pitching, nine times out of ten, you're going to lose. Boston Red Sox and Miami Marlins. I'm going to take the Boston Red Sox. Corey Kluber is making the start. And Taylor Rogers for the Miami Marlins. Excuse me, Trevor Rogers. The Cubs are currently losing to the Brewers 3-0 at the end of three innings. I'm going to take the Brewers here. Tomorrow, the Royals have a matchup against the Colorado Rockies. Brady Singer on the mound for the Royals. I'm taking the Royals in this one easily. Boston Red Sox and Astros. I'm taking the Red Sox. Pirates and Tigers. Eh. This is a bit of a toss-up for me at this point because... Both teams are absolutely pathetic. But at the end of the day, I think the Tigers are going to win this one. Blue Jays and Orioles, I'm taking the Blue Jays. Come on. They have a more talented roster, and the Orioles are still young. Phillies and Twins, I'm going to take the Twins. Rays and Braves, I'll take the Bra- I'll take the Rays, actually, because Shane McClanahan's on the mound. Very solid pitcher. Yankees and Nationals, I'm taking the Yankees easily. A's and Reds, I'm taking the Reds. Mariners and Cubs, I'm taking the Mariners. Robbie Ray's on the mound for that one. Jacob Junis is on the mound against the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm going to take the Giants here. Los Angeles Dodgers against the Texas Rangers. The Rangers have a split squad. I'm going to take the Dodgers here. Cleveland Guardians and Chicago White Sox. I'm taking the White Sox here. Rangers and Padres. Eh, I'll take the Padres. Brewers and Angels. I'll take the Angels all day. Next day, Mike, Michael Myers, excuse me, not Michael Myers. Mike Myers is starting for the Royals on the second. I'm taking the Royals against the Angels. I'm picking the Red Sox against the Phillies. Picking the Orioles over the Tigers. Picking the Cardinals over the Astros. Picking the Twins over the Rays. And the rest of these games you guys probably don't care about. Padres and Mariners. I'm taking the Mariners easily. Rockies and White Sox. I'm taking the White Sox. Rangers and Brewers, I'm taking the Brewers all day. All right, guys, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for joining me on this third episode of Inside the Diamond. Join me two weeks from now. That's right, guys. I will not be doing an episode next week as I am on spring break. 
So join me two weeks from now to talk about the World Baseball Classic and how every team is doing. Plus, we'll discuss spring training some more and give roster predictions as the MLB season comes to a start. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Have a great week, and as always, go Royals!